Hi, this is Justin Sarachik, Editor-in-Chief of Rapzilla.com, and today I'm bringing to you a very special article with a woman named Layla Micklewaite. She is currently fighting against online porn's biggest distributor, Pornhub, which is filled with sex trafficking, the sexual abuse of children, and exploitation. Pornhub and other sites like it are profiting off of pedophilia and rape in many circumstances. Originally, this was not supposed to be a podcast. This was a crazy quarantine interview where she had to leave abruptly because one of her children was screaming. So then we rescheduled, and then on my end, my kids were yelling. So you may hear some of that, but I felt like the conversation that we had and the theme of what we talked about was so important that people needed to hear it anyway, despite some of the craziness you may or may not hear in the background. So you might be wondering, why is this relevant to Christian hip-hop? While it's not related to anything in particular, you've probably been affected by it, whether you've viewed it, been addicted to it, caught your kids watching it, know a sex worker, or even unfortunately have had a personal experience with rape or abuse. Too often these conversations are swept under the rug quickly as taboo, don't watch it, but don't talk about it. But as a husband and a father of a daughter who I want to protect at all costs, this hit very close to home with me. Because young children don't ask to be sex trafficked or exploited. So what Layla and organizations like Exodus Cry are trying to do is make people and government see the injustice that is occurring off the abusive females, and in some instances, men and young boys. Listen to some of the startling facts and stories in the interview, and I'd encourage you to read the article afterward to see some evidence, further statistical analysis, and Pornhub's actual response to these allegations. Again, don't mind the audio quality and a few abrupt cuts. It wasn't the plan, but this convo is definitely needed. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Layla Micklewaite. Yeah, Pornhub is, is the world's most popular and largest platform um, access point for porn. Mm-hmm. And even more so in these days, actually, they're even getting, I mean, they always They've been the largest and most popular for a long time, but they're even leveraging the coronavirus to get yeah. bigger than bigger than they've ever been. <laughs> so, um, and really, it's become a, a mainstream household name. Uh, you know, you hear Conan O'Brien joking about it, Bill Maher, Joe Rogan talking about it, Pornhub, and their premium memberships and mm-hmm. you see the, the billboard in Times Square and they're walking New York Fashion Week and they're just everywhere. So, and they spent a lot of effort and money trying to mainstream this company um, to be normalized and accepted in, in mainstream culture. And what we're discovering and exposing is the fact that you just peel back a few layers, and you can see there's this huge, dark underbelly to this, to right. this company. And um, when people realize that, and they connect, start connecting the dots, they're frankly like shocked and horrified. And and I've gotten quite a number of messages from porn consumers, mostly men, who said, you know, you know, I've, I've wanted to quit for one reason or another. And sometimes I've gone back, you know. And, right. But, but knowing that there's exploited children and women behind the camera and, like, realizing that has really given me the motivation I needed to really quit. So 
Must have been encouraging too. Yeah, I, and I, that was that was kind of another aspect of it for me too, where a lot of times people say, "Oh, you know, porn will rot your brain, or porn, you know, gives you unrealistic expectations, and and all this and that." But but now you're actually putting um, humanization on the people that you're watching. They're not just figures on screen. Like this could be somebody's child, or right. somebody who's not supposed to be there, someone who's against right. their will, someone who's being taken advantage of and exploited. And when you think of it that way, when you take it out of your own, like, oh, this is bad for me. Well, no, it's not just bad for you. It's it's bad, you know, potentially bad for the person you're watching as well. Um, so in, in, uh, in doing my research, you know, I, I found your website and I see, you know, you have an extensive background in activism and advocacy. So how did you kind of venture into this career path? And then from there, what made you lock in on, you know, sex trafficking? Yeah, um, well, I, I mean, I've been working on this issue for about 10 years, mm -hmm. over 10 years. And I, you know, when I was in college, I was really gravitated towards issues of human rights. And, you know, something my, my father was very much uh, interested in. Uh, you know, as we grew up, he was he was very much um, kind of always bringing our attention to issues of um, injustice around the world, and uh, and I knew when I was in college that I wanted to focus on some aspects of that, whether it was homelessness or poverty, um, or you know other forms of exploitation, and, and it was at that time that I. Uh, my eyes were open to the issue of human trafficking, and that was before mm -hmm. we really had this global movement of awareness about human trafficking. It was before people really even knew what that word was. Yeah. And I um, definitely, you know, really gripped me, and specifically the sex trafficking part of it was especially, um, you know, really gripped me, um, you know, more than anything else, and I. I knew that that was something that I wanted to focus on, so I really dove into the research and, you know, did as many internships as I could and just kind of kept myself on that track of, um, of focusing, on, focusing on the issue of sex trafficking. And, and then finally, you know, got actual jobs working in organizations focused on this and spent some time in the United Nations in Geneva mm -hmm. and then you know, ended up with Exodus Cry, and, um, and, you know, when you're focused on sex trafficking, and then you really, you look at the sex industry and how this is happening, and you begin to look at the issue of demand, and I started to focus on pornography, and the relationship between exploitation and pornography about eight years ago, and then when you're researching the issue of pornography, you're going to end up on Pornhub because Pornhub is, you know, the largest and most popular website for pornography in the world. Mm. And so, um, and so, you know, I began my research there, and just over time, I, you know, I've spent the last eight years writing a book. <laughs> it's a long time, but hopefully, it's being mm -hmm. released this year. I mean, I rewrote it like probably five or six times, but. Um, my extensive research, you know, pretty much have read every single book that's written on pornography since 1980 and government report, peer-reviewed study, and wow. spoke with people in the industry, directors, producers, actors, actresses, um, survivors, 
victims, all of it. And so, um, but yeah, so my research to focus on pornography um, led me to just un- uncover what really anybody who's going into Pornhub with an objective lens, not going onto Pornhub to figure out how they can get pleasure off of the material, but going into Pornhub as an investigator and looking at it with a critical eye to try to see what is going on here mm-hmm. and um, and discovering what anybody could discover, that you can upload content to Pornhub with just an email address. I mean, anonymously, yeah. you can upload content to, to Pornhub. Not only that, but you can get verified with that blue check mark and mm-hmm. start making money um, on Pornhub with just a piece of paper with a username and a picture. Not even a government issued ID or consent form or anything like that. And um, and that's, you know, and that's what's happening. So, you know, the 15-year-old girl from Florida that was, was missing for a year, she was found in 58 videos on the website. Wow. Being raped and abused. And she was a verified uh, member of Pornhub. Not only that, she was part of their Model Hub program. Their Model Hub program is one where they actually directly sell content and split the profits with Pornhub. So, I mean, in that way, she's very directly being trafficked um, by Pornhub. But, um, but yeah, so she, you know, she, and then she's one of many. So then you start to, like, scratch, you know, scratch the surface. And then you find out there's a 14-year-old girl in Palo Alto who was raped and her videos were uploaded onto the site. And then her abuser was found and thrown in prison because her classmates found her videos. And then you realize that there was, a, a, you know, 118 cases in the U.K. The Internet Watch Foundation um, confirmed that were half of them were Category A level abuse, which is the worst kind of abuse mm-hmm. uh, of children um, on Pornhub. And you just keep going down the rabbit hole. You keep finding more and more cases. And, and not only that, but also women. You know, the Girls Do Porn channel is a sex trafficking ring. I mean, it's known. It's, the case was won in San Diego, $13 million uh, for sex trafficking of 22 women on Girls Do Porn. And then there's a federal indictment out, um, and the ringleader of, the, of, of Girls Do Porn fled the country. But that was on Pornhub for eight years. They had over wow. 600,000, um, six, 600 million views and 800,000 subscribers. And and that was a challenge. They didn't even take that channel down until after the trial. It wasn't when the trial started. It was after the trial ended that they ended up taking finally taking that channel down. And you can still find girls do porn videos on Pornhub today. So, so basically, what I brought to light was the fact that Pornhub is set up for exploitation. It incentivizes exploitation. It rewards exploitation. It profits from exploitation, and it uh, in, enables it as well. And and so, yeah, so I wrote an op-ed in the Washington Examiner on February 10th, uh, and then started, and, and like days later started the petition because people were outraged about this. And then, yeah, and Rose's story actually came out the day after my op-ed which was so providential. It was not planned at all, but um, it was so, uh, it was just an ama- amazing timing that that happened. And and then the petition has just taken off over half a million signatures. We've covered, we have almost 200 
articles in the media in 25 different countries. Wow. And we've had government action from three governments so far calling for investigations into Pornhub and MindGeek. And just continuing to get traction. So that's kind of in a nutshell what yeah. has taken place. So what happens if your if your petition gets over a million and how realistic could or would a takedown be like of Pornhub? Like what would need to happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're already I mean, even at a, a few hundred thousand signatures, we already had members of parliament senators calling on the prime minister in Canada mm-hmm. um, to open up an investigation. So the first thing is an investigation will be opened up and then you get the best uh, uh, investigators to be looking at all this, all of this. So in the United States, we already have Senator Ben Sox and um, others, both Democrats and Republicans, calling on the DOJ to open an investigation. And I have those conversations that are going to be happening pretty soon. Um, you know, the goal of getting to one million, it's not like it's like this magic number, but right. it's just a, it's, it's like a significant, it's like, oh, I mean, yeah. significant, like they were doing articles on it when it was like 10,000 people. Um, and then it was like a hundred and I was two and three, but five and now we're like, okay, I think like we could realistically get to a million. If we got to a million, I mean, I think that, that you don't really need to go higher than, I mean, you don't really need to go higher than half a million. I mean, in the UK, you get 50,000 signatures and parliament has to like review the content of your petition. So, yeah. um, I just think that it's possible in a short time. So it's only been five weeks and we've gotten to half a million. I think that in 10 weeks, we can get to a million if we keep the, if we keep the momentum going. Um, and then at that point, yeah, so there's a few things that would happen. I mean, there could be civil action, which is something that we're looking into. There's a number of attorneys who are interested in civil civil lawsuits, potentially. Um, and then there's also the criminal side, which is, um, like I said, the D- Department of Justice uh, opening up an investigation, as well as state attorney general looking into it. So... Yeah, the petition is just something that is an amazing tool that it spurred the media coverage, and the media coverage has put pressure on politicians. And and then it's also brought awareness so that victims can be coming forward too. Right, and, right. And so that it's all kind of like feeding feeding each other uh, to produce a really positive outcome. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Um, and, you know, where do you, I know you're obviously taking this one step at a time, but where do you go from there? Like, there are hundreds of thousands of porn sites on the internet and right. really large ones. Obviously, if you tackle yeah. the biggest one first, it's easier to yeah. topple the other ones. But, like, do you, have you thought kind of that far ahead yet? Yeah. So, um, so Pornhub, you know, as the largest needs to be an example. Like, even the largest shouldn't get away with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but piggybacking on this, what we would really like to see is legislation enacted that puts blanket regulation over the tube sites, specifically like tube sites that have user-generated content mm-hmm. that requires an independent third-party age and consent verification for every single person featured in a video that goes up on those websites. And so that's just common sense, but that would just that would overhaul the entire distribution of porn on the internet 
and it would uh, make huge strides in protecting um, children and those who are trafficked um, and non-consenting because it goes through all the way from like child rape on one end of the spectrum to like voyeurism porn where you have hidden cameras Mm -hmm. and toilets of you know women's toilets and um uploading that kind of thing so it's like there's like a spectrum um and it would help to mitigate all of those from revenge porn to trafficking um if if every single person in every single video had to have a third party age and consent verification and so that regulation would do um a great amount of good for all the other sites i mean that it kind of seems like a no-brainer too because if you even think about the film industry or just industries in general you need permissions and like regulations to do things um even youtube has crazy regulations on what you can upload and is your content for children does it have profanity um, so, yeah, right. I mean, it just, it seems pretty easy. Now, is, yeah. is, is it, have you found in your research, like, is it men and boys, too, that are being exploited? Yeah, interestingly, like, even as of yet, so, like, I hadn't had actual examples mm-hmm. on Pornhub of men and boys being exploited. Um, but, I mean, I know it's happening, and I've just even recently been getting tips from actually um, gay men who are watching the gay section of Pornhub and telling me that there's young boys. I haven't researched that yet, but I am 100% sure that that's actually happening too Yeah. Um, on, on that site. Yeah, I think that's definitely another um, humanizing factor about things because most people just assume that it's women or they wouldn't think that it's men or, oh, how could men be getting raped or this and that. And, and, you know, I don't have to tell you, but the society we live in is very male-driven, especially for people who make laws. And you start telling these lawmakers that men are being raped and abused and maybe maybe they change their their tune. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something I'm going to be, like, diving more into and and trying to be the more evidence for that happening because I know that it is. I just haven't had any specific cases on um, Pornhub. Can you tell me, I guess, a little bit about Exodus Cry and, you know, the organization and the the multiple, you know, things and people that you're working with through these? Sure, yeah. So this um, campaign, the Trafficking Hub campaign, is spearheaded by Exodus Cry. And we're an anti-sex trafficking organization. Uh, We've been working on this for 10 years. And we focus on changing culture and changing laws, so changing mindsets about um, exploitation and then changing laws. Um, But this particular campaign uh, is actually supported and um, sponsored by 100 different, uh, over 100 different uh, child protection and anti-trafficking organizations of all different um, kind of perspectives. So, uh, yeah, but this is spearheaded by Exodus Cry. Right here is the cut after the first interview. Starting now, we'll begin the second interview. I mean, we're on our way to a million signatures. We're at 730-something thousand now. Yeah, so yes. then we're like nearing a million. And um, 
we have had, I mean, other media stories covering what's going on, you know, definitely more survivors coming forward Mm -hmm. who are sharing their stories about what happened, has happened to them, still gaining lots of traction. And now it's been covered in over 200 media outlets in 32 countries. Wow. And now we have over 100 of some of the top child protection and anti-trafficking organizations who are sponsoring the campaign. Is there, is there like a particular um, case that you've seen throughout your research that that's kind of like the one that keeps you up at night, that keeps you driving towards this goal, or is it just like a cumulative thing? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's not just one. And that's, that's the thing. It's not just one. It's so many. It's, it's the fact that almost daily I'm getting contacted by others who have been victims. We're seeing other victim stories um, out there who have had either um, their assaults when they were underage or as adults or videos of when they were trafficked um, uploaded to Pornhub and then viewed who, who knows how many times, potentially downloaded and used as masturbation material for people's pleasure and for Pornhub's profit and the trauma that that does to victims is, I mean, it's, it's unfathomable and it's a whole new level of trauma that we don't even fully understand yet uh, when your rape, which is a traumatic experience in and of mm. itself, is then duplicated and distributed to the masses for pleasure and for profit. So. Um, and I mean, we know, like, for example, it's not just one story, it's, it's 118 cases and instances of child sexual abuse uh, that was confirmed by the Internet Watch Foundation alone. Just one wow. foundation had 118 cases of children being, and they said half of them were the worst kinds of sexual abuse, category A. Um, and then we have all the you know, different individual cases, the 15-year-old from Florida, 14-year-old from Palo Alto, the 14-year-old from Ohio. The, um, uh, and that's not, that's just kids, those are just the children. So, um, so, so I think that's what is most concerning to me, is that it would be bad enough if, we, if it was just one victim. But the fact of the matter is that Pornhub is potentially the largest public collection of sexual violence evidence in existence. And that is what is keeping me up at night. With all this research and the constant, you know, bombardment of pornography and all these terrible stories that you see and hear, how do you, like, not become desensitized to it? Like, mentally, like, what are you doing to kind of stay strong, I guess, through it all? Well, I mean, I think it really helps that I'm having frequent conversations with those who are who have been victimized that keeps it very real um, and and makes it almost impossible to become kind of calloused or desensitized to what's happening at the same time it's very empowering to know that I'm not just helpless in the face of injustice but that there's actually things that I can do and that we all can do to stop this from happening and it's very encouraging to see the way that people are mobilizing around the world to take a stand against this giant uh, uh, predator uh, and and call for justice to be done. And the way that there's so much traction being gained, it's, 
you know, opposite from being calloused and discouraged or uh, it, it's very exciting and encouraging to see that we're actually going to be able to um, help victims find justice in this situation. And do you have a, a particular maybe like testimony or like the best story um, that you can think of that's come out of this since you've been working on it? Um, I would say one of the, one of the best things and the most encouraging things that has happened is that, um, I see the way that men have taken a stand against this as well. And the way that, um, you know, they're standing up for the most vulnerable women and children who are being exploited. Um, but not only that, just the way that, um, there's so many people who, uh, who, who say that because they've heard about the campaign and heard the stories, uh, that they are not able to go on this website anymore and and use this material. And that the fact that I think we're going to see a great reduction in the actual demand for this kind of content um, mm-hmm. because people are becoming awakened and aware of the exploitation that's going on behind the scenes. And that makes me just really encouraged that there's people who who have a conscience who have um you know compassion who care about this and they're willing to stop consumption from a company that is clearly being exposed as unethical and um and to me that's very very encouraging and very powerful and i've had you know people send me personal messages of the way that this campaign is actually help them to transform their life to even overcome addictions and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, to me, that's very encouraging. Yeah, that's great. Now, have, have you had any like big name or celebrities or just like yeah. big people with power behind them, uh, come out and support this? Well, actually we've had Jenna Jameson, who's yeah. you know, <laughs> quote unquote, the, the queen of porn, um, supporting the campaign. We've had, Rosanna Arquette, who's been supporting the campaign publicly on social media. Then we've had, you know, those who are in government, uh, legislators like senators, um, you know, Marco Rubio, Bob Portman, um, Ben Soss, who came out with that letter. Others that are in Canada and the and members of parliament and senators in Canada as well. Uh, so, so yeah, there's been some pretty heavy hitters who are rallying behind the campaign. You gave me a bunch of other info before and and new info now, so I don't know if there's any other info you'd want to add. No, I would just encourage people. We really want to get to a million signatures, and uh, we're getting close, and so I would just encourage people to go to traskinghub.com and uh, find a petition, but also represent. Like The logo is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Trafficking Hub logo, and so you can download the logo and you can um, use it on your social media profile. Thank you for listening to the interview with Layla Micklewaite. Be sure to head on over to traffickinghub.com where you can learn more about the mission of Layla and Exodus Cry and all of the people working together to make this thing happen. There, you will also find a link to sign the petition that is almost at 1 million signatures at the time of this recording. So joining this right now is unprecedented. There's so much pressure against Pornhub everywhere. And to be fair and to do our due diligence as journalists, we included a link 
and Pornhub's response to these allegations in the article. But again, the evidence is very strong to support these claims that Layla and her organizations are making. So again, check out that article. It is called Layla Mickleweight Battles Pornhub Over Child Sex Trafficking, Exploitation, and Rape Interview. Thank you.